You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Advokta. This is Murps. Uh, nothing has changed, so hopefully this will be a short one. It shouldn't be that much of a surprise. Companies usually until next week. Don't. This is Adwickdom. I would be fine with this, but uh, we should not debate people. We should talk a little bit, uh, I guess. But this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. Stuff to talk about, just not new stuff. Companies typically don't do things the first week after the New Year's. So if you were expecting big things from Blizzard, you shouldn't. As in, you shouldn't expect it from any company, really. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is not like really Blizzard's quote fault. I, I don't know if we want to start assigning fault, but you should always withhold your pitchforks and your torches until, until Tuesday. Yes, uh, until this week. This week is when yes. people typically come back. Yes, if nothing happens on Tuesday and they don't announce anything, grab your pitchforks, start poking them, because then I don't know. I mean this. Is the meta the worst meta ever? No, but it's it's not great, and they haven't hit the button yet. It's been more than a month. Like, I don't know how. I don't know why. Why is this an acceptable situation that they haven't hit the button yet? So, hopefully it's happening on Tuesday, um, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's let's shift over to BGs for this Lightforge podcast. We'll end with a car good bad on Night Captain, which I feel like we've talked about, we haven't really like delved deep into it, and it's such a defining part in the meta. Like you, you see us in arena coops and whatever, we do fine, like just with a couple of night captains and nothing else um, in, in this meta. You know, sometimes with a little luck, but night captains are really that important and and in, in the meta. Uh, and you got to use them the right way. They're not like completely brainless cards to uh, to play. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But first, let's talk about BGs. What is going on in the BG meta, Murps? I think the reason we should talk about BGs in a little bit is the first portion I want to talk about what the BG meta is, and the second portion I think we should talk about what the BG meta should be during the next change. Because it's been a little bit too long that we've had this BG meta. We also just had a big announcement regarding BGs that this year is going to be the start of BG Esports from Blizzard. It'll be Lobby Legends, and details will be coming soon TM. But in order to really think about that, I I think we have to focus on what the meta is, uh, and then what we would potentially like to see it change. Now, a little bit of a disclaimer, or for disclosure, am I playing BGs right now? No, I'm still not playing. So this is not like Murps coming at you, a year ago, who was near the top of the leaderboards, like top 50, top 25 leaderboards. Top five. Uh, yeah, for a while. Uh, so this is no longer that Murps, okay? I just watch a lot of streams right now. So it's from my understanding of the meta through there. And then, of course, my foundational knowledge of BGs and all of that stuff as well. So, no, I am, I am not back yet. When I am back, I will let you guys know. But right now, I think a lot of people are just a little bit tired of the Tier 4 gaming. Uh, It's interesting, because I think now people are used to the game being uh, distinctively Tier 4, but historically, it was really either a... If you remember, we began with Tier 3 gaming, 
whether it was Daryl or it was Mex. And then we just went to Tier 5 gaming. For a while, it was Tier 6. And that just dominated through most of the sort of BG life cycle. And now we are solidly in Tier 4. And if you guys watch streams, you will understand exactly what I mean. You want the early triples, show, so you want to play the, the shiny curve, the warrior curve, whatever you want to call it. I think we have way too many names for the same exact curve. I, I don't understand why there are so many variations, sorry, name variations so Merce, of the same curve. what is the warrior curve? You should know if you've been watching, but if you're Advocta who just pounds uh, mercenaries relentlessly and is also too busy being sick, the warrior slash shiny curve, um, there's slight variations. People might have a bit of a different kind of definition, but what it is is you stay on tier one and uh, what you are trying to do is on seven gold, you want to level directly from tier one to tier three. So you double level on that turn. And your goals during this time are to collect a lot of tokens or tier one units. You wanna to try to get triple opportunities, if not set up two triples at the same time. Uh, if you triple a little bit early, you are incentivized to hold it, to not play it until you are able to hit the uh, tier up button twice on the seven gold turn, and then you triple into tier four. You want at least one tier four minion uh, on that turn. Uh, and if you can get two, that's fantastic. But that is your goal. And on tier four, what are you looking for? Well, you are looking for the nest matron. That is one of those things. You are looking for the uh, doomsayer, the dazzling elemental things that obviously get the snowball going on so dazzling elemental even though they nerfed it to a 2-5 it doesn't do anything it's still amazing right uh you're not buying it for its stats you're buying it for its avenge properties and once again uh when we talk about a tier 4 meta it's really just the avenge meta because if you look at all of these units this feature this keyword that they added somewhat recently you know, it's not recent, but somewhat recently. It's like their newest keyword. It has taken over. Avenge has taken over. And this is why when you are on tier one, what do you want? You want there to be acolytes. You want there to be icky imps. Icky imps are one of the best things for you to pick up early because they are a super effective avenge trigger. That's three bodies right there. So the plan right now is always stay on tier one. You want to skip tier two. Number one, because it's just kind of a waste of gold early on to go to tier two. Tier two minions are pretty weak right now. They don't really play any sort of role in the early game. Uh, and whatever tempo you might, like advantage you might get, it's so not worth you building up your econ and getting the triple. So you just have this situation where uh, you're, you're the very beginning of the game, it's just you trying to get these triples get to tier three, triple into tier four, try to get to tier four as soon as possible. I would say a decent amount of time. And then from there, you can see what's going on. If you get an early nest matron, maybe you can just keep leveling up, go to tier five quickly, go to tier six quickly, and just do good things. That's what nest matron allows you to do. It's like, if you're asking someone, it's like, oh, 
what does Nest Matron really do? Because I understand what Doomsayer does, right? Doomsayer gives me demons. What does Nest Matron do? It's just like, you just get ahead. You just get good stuff. Uh, so you want to do that. And with Dazzling Elemental, obviously, you're going to get Elementals. You can also afford to stay on Tier 4 for a bit longer because you want more of those Dazzling Elementals. Even if you pick up a Major Domo or two, that's fine as well. But you want more Dazzling Elementals. It's just kind of stupid how it is as good, if not better, than Nomi. So that's the meta right now. And I think a lot of people by this point know how to play it. They understand how good Avenge is. And I have heard people say, I'm just a little bit tired of this. Because this is just the way that you kind of play the game. And it kind of sucks when things are... They're, they're certainly more dynamic than they were when the game first came out because you have all these tribes and you want to make sure that you take this into consideration. For example, if you have the choice to go Murlocs but mechs are in, you want to be really careful because Murlocs suck against mechs. So you do have to take this into consideration, but I think a lot of people are tired of, okay, I'm going to do the shiny curve or the warrior curve. And then I'm going to get these Avenge, or I won't, and I have to like play defensively and hope to hit or something. I might play uh, the uh, Proto Dragons and try to buff up with Terragosa. I might try to do that. It's like a better option than Calagos a lot of the times now. So Tier 4 is really the nexus of BGs. It's been like that for a while. Uh, you know, we had, we had that time when Doomsayer was on Tier 3. And then, of course, demons dominated during that meta. And it just seems like we've been here for a long time. And I think people are ready for a big shift. Now, I'm not saying that we should make Tier 4 useless. But I think there is also a little bit of feels badness whenever the pathway to the end game is pretty similar for a lot of people. When you just have this big, giant spike of power on tier four where, where all these good units are and it's rare actually to see your f at least your first triple be going to tier five it's certainly possible with you know some tribes that are out if you have like piraten if you have beeson you know these are tribes that do uh well they'll push you a little bit more towards considering tier fives but if you see what the meta is right now, everybody is gunning for that, uh, you know, tripling into the tier four. So I'm hoping that at the very least, uh, they change it up, not by adding a lot more power into it. I think they need to kind of change up Avenge. I, I don't love what Avenge is doing for the game in which everybody is trying to set up in the, the most annoying way possible with these taunts that spawn additional things uh, to get more econ that way. And I'm not sure exactly what the best solution is, but I'm just gonna say that Blizzard has been very, very open towards rotating stuff out, period. Remember when they came in with all of these tribes and they said, you know, we're also just open to taking certain tribes out. Like if they wanna introduce totems if they want to introduce ah who, who knows like treants or, or whatever i think they should take another one out because at a certain point you already have 
three tribes that are not in, this is a lot to remember. Uh, and I know for those pros out there, it's not that much. They can just snap, look at a lobby, and be like, okay, here's everything I need to know based on the three tribes that are out. If you have four tribes that are out, that's a lot of information right there. It begins to get like pretty, not just beginner unfriendly, I just think a lot to remember, period. And it just makes the game a little bit confusing. So I wouldn't like if they not if they were to introduce a tribe, not only just take out a tribe, let's go without Avenge for a little bit. Because I don't think I'm alone here when I say that I'm not sure if Avenge is great for the game long term. And by Avenge, I mean, we can have units in the game that do Avenge things. But right now, they are the meta. Uh, and they're not exactly part of the endgame meta. But they are the core, really the path that everybody takes to reach the end game. So that's sort of what's on my mind. Because we know changes are coming up for BGs. It just has to. We're going to see news about the esports, the Lobby Legends. But I think they need to address this a little bit first. I don't think there's a huge problem with BGs. Do I enjoy it as a viewer? Yeah, kind of. Do the players enjoy it? I think they're fine with it. It's definitely not the worst meta. If you remember, we had some metas with incredibly oppressive heroes. That has been fixed because uh, of the armor. I think the armor is a great idea. You see people picking a lot of these underpowered, you know, underpowered heroes, and they do very well. If you look at the stats, uh, the BG meta is in a pretty good spot because the number one hero right now for the top 1%, according to HS Replay, is Malugos. And part of it is just because, well, you know, with that armor and with the ability to refresh a minion, you know, change it, polymorph it, whatever you want to call it, twice a turn, it's great. Uh, and it's sitting just a lid, it's sitting around like a 4.0 placement. And Soul's Daryl, so is George. So Blizzard's done a really good job there. And I think that by just tweaking some things, getting rid of Avenge or making it not as important, we could potentially see the best meta that BGs has ever had. Yeah, I don't know that they're actually going to get rid of Avenge anytime soon. It's I don't think they'll get rid of it, side. but I think like, the emphasis on Avenge has to be a little bit lower. Because right now, it really is. On Tier 1, if you see Icky Imps, very happy about that. If you see Acolyte, very happy about that. Because you're just reaching for the same thing. You're hoping to get that Dazzling Elemental. You're hoping to get the Nest Matron. If you get that Doomsayer, cool. Mm -hmm. um, let's snowball off of that as well some of the the minions out like you said that are key to these avenge play styles but they've invested too much into it to rotate it out immediately yeah like it's it's such a core part of their new bg's infrastructure as of the fall that i i, I just from a game development perspective they're they're kind of they're kind of pot committed onto this concept of at least staying in, right? Like, they could decrease its importance by nerfing a couple cards or rotating some cards out. But um, I just, from a from a developer perspective, I find it hard to see them actually doing it, even if it would be the best thing for the game. Um, but um, I'm, I'm interested to see what changes are, are going to happen as well in BGs. Um, I think one of the things that they should always do is 
um, that you want to think about incentives, right? And right now, there is no incentive to go to tier two. You're actually hurting yourself if you are going mm-hmm. to tier two and staying on tier two and introducing tier two minions into your, you know, choices, your your tavern. Yep. So we definitely need to incentivize that a little bit more. Just get more econ minions into mm-hmm. tier two because I think that's the big issue because all the econ minions are in tier one and you like back in the day tier two used to be way more popular than tier one because there were no econ units and like not really in uh in either tier one or tier two but once you introduce econ it overtakes everything that first happened with the heroes now it's happening with the minions um it it, it just it, it it's like speed and mercenaries to draw an example once you have something that affects everything else, the thing that's a multiplier on everything else will always become the most important thing unless it is not powerful. So whenever they try to make it part of the game, it will overpower the game. Or it has a very good chance to overpower the game. Um, so I don't think it's like... like from, from what I see happening in BGs, it doesn't look like it's a big problem, but I can see the staleness. Right? So the, like, like you said, they have to... The easiest way is to put Econ in Tier 2, but they have to do something to at least smooth out the the curve into uh, going up through 4. I would also love to see them just get rid of tokens for a patch, see what Oof. happens. I think tokens have defined the game for so long uh, that I want to see what happens when it is gone. Uh, because I think it would just be such a seismic shift in terms of how you play the game. And yes, it would make some heroes suck. Uh, and I'm fine with that, right? Like, y- you can make changes that make some heroes suck. I want to see, is it still as dynamic? Because I think some people might say part of the dynamic nature of BGs and what makes it so interesting and really differentiates the best players from the just pure pretty good players are the ways Mm -hmm. that they can use the econ they can use these tokens and i agree with that but i refuse to believe that if you don't have it you don't have skill expression i think the uh i just saw a a a clip of lee if you guys you guys should know lee uh he's an amazing bg player wins tons of tournaments he posted this clip up on Twitter of him doing this interesting build, and it was a Divine Shield taunted Amalgadon first with Reborn. So he reborn the Amalgadon, and then he had a Sephon at the end and two Kangors. So the Kangors would only uh, basically revive or bring back the Amalgadons, and because stuff kept dying, the Sephon would give poison uh, to the newly spawned Amalgadons from the Kangor. So he's like cheating out these poisons that are coming out of the Kangor. They don't have poison initially, but they come out, stuff dies, and then they get poison. So he's like just basically creating his own death rattle into these poisonous minions. I thought it was super cool. We have a much greater understanding of BGs now than before. And we're still looking at this stuff. I I have never seen that comp yet. I thought that was really smart. Just an incredible, just a very creative play from Lee. And 
I think that there is still more skill expression there. And I'm not saying that tokens hold anything back. I think they still add to it. But for those people who potentially say, oh, you know, you're, you're taking away too much if you take away tokens, uh, I think you're selling BGs short in terms of the just the sheer amount of skill expression that's there in the game. And I would like to see them take it away. I, you know, it doesn't have to be permanent. I'm not saying they shouldn't be there, period. Let's go a patch without any tokens. Why not? Uh, I think you can get a lot of pushback on that. I don't um, know about that. But... For, a, for a patch, I think people would find that fairly interesting because... I think for an event, they'll find it interesting. But for a patch, because patches have no defined end dates, it's unclear. Like, you know, Blizzard won't say, oh, we'll bring back tokens in a month. They'll say, we'll bring it back in the future, most likely, right? So I think you're looking more like an event meta to see what would happen. And less like, uh, do this for this patch and then, you know, swing it back in some other uh, time. It's just such an important fabric of, of, of Battlegrounds. Um, like, I, I agree, it's not like you know, even half the skill in, in Battlegrounds, but uh, but it's it's enough of it, and people don't dislike it, that to, to just take it all away if, if for an indefinite period of time, I don't think the community will react well to that. Um, but, I don't know, we'll, 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 we'll see what Blizzard actually does. I also find it hard to believe Blizzard will actually do something that drastic. Um, I don't think to, so to either. And at least for BGs, it would be totally understandable if they did very little, very minimal, almost mm -hmm. next to nothing. Because you can mm -hmm. see this meta and say it's absolutely fine. I, I would agree. And I'm just even thinking about it, it up, historically. Like it's been like this for a bit. Right? It's been like this for quite a bit. Because the biggest change that they did was some nerfs. For example, Doomsayer to four instead uh, of three, they nerfed Dazzling Elemental. They nerfed a few things. It didn't really change anything. You know, you went from a Doomsayer, uh, a purely Doomsayer high roll Avenge meta into still an Avenge meta. You just have all of these Avenge options. Uh, and previously you had... What was it? Like the, the dragon meta that more so favored Terragosas and Protos rather than Calagos? Well, that's still the same. Y you obviously can go the Calagos route, but I would say more often you're going the safer route, as in you're not reaching for this tier 6 unit that by itself doesn't really provide you with that much scaling, so y you got to get more than that. Um the metas, yeah, it's looked pretty much the same for a long time. So this is my wishlist, Blizzard. Uh, I'm hoping for more news about that. I'm hoping for some changes or just de-emphasizing Avenge because it, it, it just really is disappointing, I think, whenever the pathway to get to your endgame is pretty much the same or at least everybody is reaching mm -hmm. towards there obviously you can't get these tier four the tier four minion that you want a lot of the times so sometimes you have to settle for a gem splitter uh i i think that's fairly common and that's fine but i i would rather have the end game be a little bit more similar and the pathways there a little bit more varied rather than this sort of bottlenecking 
within tier four in that everybody kind of has to walk this path. And then after you get there and you're doing okay, okay, now we can be a little bit more creative about what's going on. And the creativity doesn't really stem from, or, or at least a decent part of the creativity stems from, okay, I got this nest matron. What did it give me? <laughs> uh, what exactly did it give me? And I'll let that dictate what I'm doing. All right. Um, so that's the BG meta. Um, do you have anything else to say about the BG meta or move on to Arena? No, I don't. All right. Let's move on to Arena then. Before we get to the actual card good bad on Night Captain, it, it is definitive now. We were joking around about it before, but I wasn't joking. And I hope you guys didn't take anything that I said about this topic as a joke because I've been talking about this topic for quite a few months. Um, and this is like pure on the ground, like how to win uh, in the arena. Um, but I think some people, like especially when I'm on like Twitch chat and whatever, I think some people still take it as a joke because it's so outlandish. But um, the stats are just keep going the same direction. The stats are in right now. Um, in the last 14 days by HS Replay Stats, the number one win rate neutral card that's not a legendary is definitively Mermy at 59% win rate. It's not even tied with anything, and uh, it is pretty much the same win rate as Abominable Lieutenant was before uh, Abominable Lieutenant got banned. So, uh, no one's calling for Mermy to be banned from the game, uh, which is a little strange. It also was is uh, drafted uh, more often, by the way, than Abominable Lieutenant. Like, you're going to face and you're going to have Mermies, uh, even, if, even though you're not picking it at this rate that you should be. <coughs> Sorry some residual COVID coughs, um, you, uh, you you still see them more often than Bobble Lieutenants because it's a common card. Uh, and its win rate is not, like, this is not a fluke. This is not a small sample size. This has persisted in one way or the other through multiple metas at this point uh, for months. And in this meta especially, it's always been, like, it started off really high. And then as people got better at dealing with, like, starting to play around and starting to adjust to the bigger swings, like Night Captain, like Spammy Arcanist, like, I mean, Bomb of the Lieutenant's gone, but, you know, even in that case, you're starting to be able to play around them at least a little bit here and there. Uh, Mermy, you know, a card you really can't play around, uh, just has kept slowly but steadily ticking up. And, uh, and now it is at its all-time high at 59%. So... That is the line, by the way. I think this is a good, a good kind of thought experiment made real by this meta. What is the win percent of a card at which point you can't say this win percent is too high and therefore we must ban the card? And Mermy is a great line for that. Because there is no way, it's not like there's a ton of Murloc synergies either. There, and, and in case you're, like, doubting me about the Murloc synergies because you get really unlucky and get screwed by Murloc synergies all the time. Mecharoo's at 58.2% win rate. It's not 59%, but it's still absurdly high. I'm not looking up Squire, but it's going to be similar. It's going to be a little lower than Mecharoo, um, but, but still very high. So, because you can't ban Mermy, I don't think any sane person, any serious person, will seriously consider banning Mermy from the meta. That means if you see a win rate that's at 59%, then it is not, it is objectively not the case that the card is too powerful and it has to be banned. 
the card may be not fun and it has to be banned, right? Like a lot of uh, arguments for like, let's say, watch post. I mean, watch post was over 60%, but let's say watch post was only 58% win rate. We'd still want to ban because it's a terrible like, you know, thing. I think right now, um, and, and when you look at class cards, right? Like you, some classes just don't perform as well. So the class card may not have a very high win rate, but relative to the class, it may have a really high win rate, but regardless. I think we have a good numerical number for the line right now, which is 59%. 59% and below, you're safe. So looking at this, now I'm going to move on to... Uh, oh, okay. I'll just throw this in there, and then I'm going to go back to Mermy, actually. Knight Captain is 58.9%. It is right below Mermy. So I hear you guys. I see it everywhere. There are people calling for Knight Captain's head since pre-release. They have been calling for Knight Captain's head since release. After Abominable Lieutenant was banned, they're like, all right, Knight Captain, that's up next. Um, ignoring the fact that, because it, it's common, right? Spammy Arcanist has always, uh, almost always had a higher win rate, but it's epic. And I think people care a little less about it. Um, but Knight Captain's not a problem. Not a problem in the sense of not a super overpowered card that we have to ban. And I think as a community, if we go down this route and say we're going to ban Mermy performing cards... That's not just a slippery slope. That's just bad policy. Because cards are going to be banned in different metas, and they're not going to come back, right? Once a card gets banned, they're basically like just kind of banned. So I think this is a very good way to look at the stats and take a step back and say, objectively, Knight Captain is fine. And that's what we predicted. We said it was a B plus, and I don't want cards banned until they hit A for neutral. And uh, it came out, and we said... It's performing like a B plus. It feels like a B plus when it's played against us. It feels like a B plus, and now it's still a B plus. Um, so uh, uh, we'll we'll talk more about Nightcap afterwards. Going back to Mermy and this whole meta. If you look at what's performing well in the meta, you get the sense of why Mermy is this high. Besides the fact that it's one of the best cards printed all time in uh, in neutrals, um, it's a very good meta for Mermy and things like Mermy. Because your other top cards are Ram Commander, which, again, is not actually a super amazing card. It's, it's a better card than we initially thought. Uh, we've revised our, our ratings for it. But it is not the third best neutral uh, non-legendary in the game right now. It's not. It's performing like that, though. Why? Because you have two flexible pings. Uh, you go down a little bit more, the... Uh, the fourth one that's not an epic is Bunker Sergeant. And Bunker Sergeant actually is just really freaking good. But again, you're pinging. After Bunker Sergeant, it's Mecharoo. Like I said, it's not just Mermy. It's all these Argent Squire-like cards. And after Mecharoo, it's Bone Wraith. We have seen Bone Wraith for a long time. And we know exactly how good Bone Wraith is. Which is to say, it's not this good. Just like Mermy's not this good. Just like Mecharoo's not this good. Except in this meta, it is. And what does Bone Wraith do? Besides putting out a taunt, it's a double body, one with one health. And it taunts, and it's on curve. These are things outside of the taunt that it kind of shares with Mermy. Uh, it's, it's performing uh, above Smug Senior right now, actually, by 0.2%. Which is performing above Rap Golem. And those are definitely, both of them are definitely better cards than Bone Wraith. Um, in any other meta. So the meta right now is very skewed, very skewed towards these kinds of pings or like delayed pings or things that kind of sort of vaguely act like pings and on curve cards that do things like that. And it's skewed in this way pretty much because of Demon Hunter, a little bit because of uh, Honorable Kill, 
um, and getting the correct numbers, uh, which will go with the Night Captain. But the Demon Hunter meta really shifts it a lot. Because if you don't stop Demon Hunter in the beginning, you just lose. You don't even get to the late game where the Demon Hunter can kill you with big giant Demon Hunter cards. You want to be able to go back and forth a couple times with really any classes, right? Because we're still in this kind of swingy meta. And with things like Night Captain, it gets more swingy. But in order for swings to not immediately kill you, you need some amount of health. And you don't get that health if you don't have your ways of efficiently removing things through pings. Um, and Demon Hunter makes that all the more glaring. I think after they hit the button, you'll see the win rates of all of these cards slightly go down. Because Demon Hunter will no longer be dominant. Like, Mermi will no longer be the number one card after they hit the button, sadly. Uh, but it, it'll still be pretty high up there. Because the other part of the equation of why these pings are so important um, is because of Honorable Kill. Of which Night Captain is probably the biggest honorable kill card. It's the highest performing one, it's the most seen one. And the difference of a Night Captain actually getting the honorable kill and not getting the honorable kill is plus three plus three. That's three mana's worth of tempo, more or less. Which on curve on five is huge, but even anywhere else, it's still a decent like chunk. Um so getting to how to use Night uh, Night Captain. Like if Night Captain was a 6-6 that dealt 3 damage, making it a uh, basically a, a super fire elemental at 5 mana, uh, it would be absurdly good. But that's not the card. In fact, and I'm sure you faced it when you're playing, uh, you oftentimes can't use Night Captain on 5. You don't have to wait too long to use Night Captain, but it's not a card that's literally playable at any time. So the math for how long to wait with a Night Captain before you just use it, is that for each turn you expect Night Captain to wait in your hand, you are essentially giving up one one's worth of stats, tempo-wise. That's how the, um, crap, well, what am I thinking of? The, what, what's Biofiend? Um, what's that mechanic called where you're hiding? Dormant? Yeah, Dormant. Sorry, I'm blanking at that. That's what the Dormant math is and it's effectively the same when you don't play a card that has the bonus is you're get, trying to get that dormant bonus so when you choose not to play a night captain you can think of it as i'm trying to get a dormant bonus of x number of turns for plus three plus three well how many turns will it take to get plus three plus three um you should be waiting below three turns because if you wait three turns you're already not getting a good deal out of it but if you wait two turns then you are getting a good deal out of it if you wait just one turn to get it, then you're getting a very good deal out of it rather than playing it immediately. So normally, I think in my experience, you really only have to wait one turn and Night Captain can hit something. But you want to, when you're looking at whether to play a Night Captain, you're obviously not going to hit like a 1-1 with Night Captain and play it. Like you just wouldn't consider that as a play if you have any other plays because it's so bad. So what kind of threat do you have to remove from Night Captain, using a Night Captain to justify not getting the plus three plus three trigger well you have to justify so you have to think well if i don't play this turn then i'll probably play next turn or the turn after which means it'll probably get on average the equivalent i should be giving up like three stats that means that to play the night captain on the turn instead of something else that's just like yeti like i'm just drawing a baseline to something like yeti if you could take out three extra stats 
to what three damage would normally take out. Three damage would normally take out something a little larger than a 3-3, like maybe a 3.53 or something. So if you could take out something that's th a threat level of that, plus three stats or more, then you should use the Knight Captain immediately. You know, assuming you have nothing else. Assuming that's your only initiative that can remove the, the, the threat in question. So we're talking something that would be like a 7-3. Now, you don't usually get 7-3s around the game for you to like actually make this kind of like calculation. So what the only real threats that you want to remove with Knight Captain without triggering its plus 3 plus 3 bonus are things like that have abilities. Generally, if the opponent will get an extra card, like if it has like a Manatee Totem on the, uh, on the board or something, uh, well, okay, Manatee Totem has, has three health. Uh, if it has like a Manatee Totem with one less health, right? So you wouldn't trigger your Knight Captain on it. You so would still Knight Captain evil that. Evil Totem. Sure. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So if they have an Evil Totem on the board, you would Knight Captain that. Because otherwise, they would effectively get a card uh, out of it. And then you're already breaking even. And then it'll get, you, get another card if you don't kill the turn after that, right? So that's kind of the math that you're, you're doing in your head of how important the target must be. The target must be either a 7... Well, I guess it can't be a 7-3. It would be a 7-2, which would be, be like a 9-2. Okay, so no amount of stats on the board, unless you're protecting your own minions, would justify Knight Captain. But abilities may justify a Knight Captain that doesn't trigger its honorable kill. So this is a very long way of saying like 85-95% of the time you will wait and actually honorable kill with the Knight Captain, which is probably what you're doing anyway. But there are, a, you know, 5 to 15% of the time where you should play the Knight Captain without triggering the Honorable Kill. And that is because this is just a math problem. This is just a dormant math problem. And we know how to do those. And it's not very hard to do even. You just do them on the turn and then you figure out whether you hold the Knight Captain or not. And it's everything, right? I'm just drawing the straightforward example of actually removing a threat. Uh, it could be that you have nothing else to do, right? That your other plays are, like, so bad that they're more than three stats worse. Uh, assuming Night Captain could deal three damage to something. It could be that you're protecting something that's very important to you that's more important to you than three stats worth, right? So it all comes back to this three stats worth and what your options are. If you're above the three stats worth, just use up the Night Captain. You're fine. Um... So that's, that's kind of the point I wanted to make. I want to kind of just math it out for everybody um, of, of when you should use Night Captain without the Honorable Kill. Otherwise, it's a pretty straightforward card after that. Um, it's just that in 5 to 15% of the time, it's a little tricky of whether you should hold it or actually uh, play it out without getting Honorable Kill. Um, but besides that, just kind of use it, right? It's such a big swing. Just use it as quickly as you can and get the Honorable Kill and, like, you know, swing cool i think that's enough for the week yeah all right um question from the goat any question from the goats nah <laughs> okay well uh i will i will give an update on my sickness you guys heard me cough earlier and if you watch a stream you know i canceled every single stream for like almost a month every single solo stream at least um, I will be back a hundred percent. Like I will definitely be back next Friday for a stream, even if I can't 
talk without coughing and it seems like I'm doing okay. Like I'm still, uh, I, I mute myself in the cough. If you watch the video, you'll see me cough and not hear it. I just kind of turn off my mic during those, uh, those times or mute my mic during those times. But I've probably coughed like six, seven times in this 40 minute recording. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens on Friday. But even if I still have a coughing issue, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be streaming and just talking less. Well, what I was really afraid of in, in last week's cancellation is more like, I, I don't feel confident I could talk more or less straight for four hours without like making my cough worse. Um, but I gotta, I gotta come back at some point. And this cough may or may not fully go away for like weeks, who knows. Um, so yeah, so this is just to say I'm back next Friday, or this coming Friday. Um, and uh, hope to see you guys uh, on stream there. And Arena Coop is back and has been back since the beginning of the year. For those who uh, who check that out on our on our YouTube or, or live, and we're about to do one for Hunter after this. Um, so yeah, thank you, uh, thank you everybody for listening, for watching, and to all of our Patreons at Patreon.com/GrainingGoat. Very much appreciated. And sorry about the the shortage of streams uh, while I'm dealing with this really long like not long covid but like really lengthy symptomatic period for uh for for an illness um so yeah well uh and until next week this is abuta this is merp see you guys Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.